When you look at your role as a salesperson, is it your job to make it more difficult for the next salesperson that the buyer is going to meet? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Ooh, today is a fantastic day. We got episode number 152 on the How to Sell Show, Bear Traps and Sales. Bear Traps and Sales. And you are like, what in the world is a bear trap? Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one of the strategies that I've been working with salespeople on. And you may have a different name for it, but I wanted to give it something cool. And uh, when you look at like the old trappers from the 17 and 1800s, they had snap traps that bears would step into. And so they were these round, they look like a clam and they'd have these nasty, gnarly teeth on them. And then like if the bear would step on the trap and it'd grab their ankle and the bear couldn't get away. And the reason I call these bear traps is it's a covert, it's a covert way to talk trash on the competition and make them have to work harder, give them an uphill battle, right? So, you know, the way that I view sales sometimes is if someone's going to be up against me, I'm going to make it as hard as possible for them to close the deal because one, that's my job. And two, that's what I do. And, and so, you know, you, you can call it something else, whatever words you want to use to call it, that's fine. But I have uh, helped some salespeople develop ways to do this in a nice way that doesn't seem arrogant, doesn't seem jerky, doesn't come across wrong because you can, you can create a bear trap and then in essence, bear trap yourself. So you want to use this to your advantage. And I will share with you, there is the the possibility of you using too much. So it does have to be well-placed. It has to be well-timed and it does take some time to calibrate a bear trap. And you will want to think through what you say and what you do. And one of the ways that you, you you take care of this is you make a list of the most common complaints. You you want to make a list of the most common complaints that your buyers have about your competition. Not about the product necessarily, not about the service, but mainly about the salesperson, the salespeople, the companies and the organizations and the way that they operate. And this is going to be the easiest one for you to target because your, your buyer is expecting you to go against your competition's products and services, not necessarily salespeople in the way they operate, okay? And, and so this is why you're going to want to start here and build out your repertoire. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big word that I got from the movie Major Pain. And you're going you're gonna to want to build this out starting with complaints buyers have about salespeople in general, the way they act and companies the way they act cuz this is I promise you this is the easiest one to target. And what you're you're meant to do essentially is to cause problems for your competition on known problems they have. You're just exploiting the known problems. You're you're taking the wound and you're taking your thumb and you're like here wound have a little bit more pressure put on there. So 
what what a bear trap really comes down to is about three to five sentences, not too much. Just it's a jab. It's a jab. It's not a lot of content. It's kind of snarky, but not snarky. Okay, but really calm in a friend voice. So Chris Voss calls this the DJ voice, right? Really, just really calm, like just like we're talking right now. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, so it may even be like just do this with me, like meh, eh, that type of statement. Just not that big of a deal. Like the more the more that you try to put pressure on the statement, the less it works. You you, you want it. You want it to feel like a conversation, kind of like uh, you meet somebody at a bar and you're having a conversation and you're talking about your favorite sports team, but you're not, you're, you both like the same team, okay? Or you're trading a recipe, just a really friendly conversation. It's a throwaway conversation though, because sometimes jabs don't land. Sometimes jabs just don't get to where they need to go. And you know, here's the thing. Uh, the human mind is really weird when it comes to holding information, answering information, and getting back to information. So then you, you know this because there's times in a presentation where you say something 20 minutes ago and the buyer comes back and goes, oh, yeah, but what about whatever the topic was that you brought up? Okay. And you have to use this after, after you build a rapport. This isn't a before you build a rapport thing. This isn't through the door this is after you feel like uh, the person has kind of connected with you. They don't have to be fully connected with you, but this is not going to work. You walking through the door, be like, boom, hi, I'm sales guy. I'm about to lay a bear trap for my, my, my competition that I know that's coming out. No, it doesn't work that way, silly. You don't, you don't, you don't work it that way. So you're getting, you're getting the download from having been around this a bunch and you don't have to experiment as much to get the results. So start once starts start I can get this word out. Start once you have rapport. People salespeople blow this all the time. Like they they um they they go to a sales call, they meet with a buyer and there's things that you can do before rapport, there's things that you can do after rapport. Before rapport, nice conversation, a little fact finding, not too much. You know, after rapport, bear traps, okay? You you have to be somewhere near the know, like, and trust stage. And you're going to know this from the way that you're in rapport. You're going to know this from the way that the buyer is reacting with you. And I usually look to where the buyer is asking me questions where I'm framed as an expert. Okay, in this situation, what would you do? Or tell me about what you would do with this. That's what I, I consider somewhere near the know, like, and trust zone. And so for some people, depending upon your sales cycle, depending upon your industry, this could be 15 minutes, this could be 20 minutes. Uh, it, it could be 45 minutes. It just depends upon how you build rapport. And you may have to say some brazen things, and this is why you need the rapport. It, there's ways to frame the brazen ideas, and I'm going to give those to you as well. And uh, the buyer, here's what they're going to do. They're going to they're open up to you. And once again, <laughs> Scott's reminding you, this is why you need rapport. They're going to open up to you, and they're going to be like, hey, you know, you know what I really don't like? And it's usually a complaint. Remember in the beginning, I said you want some complaints about what the buyer has about the salespeople and uh, about the company. And they're going to have a complaint. And they're going to come to you and they're like, you know what I really don't like about salespeople is this. And they're going to find that from you because you're just having normal conversations. It doesn't feel like it's crazy amounts of pressure. 
And so there's, there's a couple of ways you can start your conversation. I bet you want to know why that is. And just stop talking. I can share with you why, but I can't sugarcoat it for you. You'd be surprised at how often companies hire for that reason. Right? Really, you're, you're taking whatever, whatever problem it is, and we're about to magnify it. You're about to use some Aikido on it. You're about to, you're about to use some torque on it as, as another word. And you're just going to take those, the, the, the complaint. I bet you want to know why that is. Stop talking because they're going to come back and say yes. Uh, I can share with you why, but I can't sugarcoat it for you. Stop talking. You'd be surprised at how often companies hire for that reason and stop talking because like what you're doing is you're building a curiosity set. You're getting the person to chase you. You're getting the person to come back and go, tell me more. Tell me why. Because when they do that, like it's, it's a reverse form of permission. They're demanding you tell them the information. Otherwise, when you just tell somebody something, it goes right through their head and they're just like, eh, I wasn't paying attention. I could have been paying attention. Are those Twinkies over on the counter? You know, uh, is America an idol on television tonight? I don't, it, it's just, you're not grabbing their attention. And so that, that client, that customer is going to come back and they're going to say something along the lines of, yeah, I do want to know why. Yeah, tell me more. So you start with their question. You give the weakness the competition has and you explain it. Okay, it's just a couple of sentences. And sometimes the, the, the buyer, your potential client, is going to get really enthralled. And they're going to be like, you got it. You, man, I'm, I'm so glad you told me this. Okay, so you can, you can give the weakness of the competition. You can give the weakness of a product, a service, or salespeople. And you, you just drop it on them. Three to five sentences. Because the longer you go, your brain's going to tell you, I need to magnify this problem crazy. I need to talk a ton of trash. Like, no, no, just, just a jab. That's all you need. You just need a jab. And you're going to use persuasive language. So they're gonna, you're going to start with their question man, or their complaint. I hate it when salespeople do this is going to be their complaint. And you're going to start with uh, your turnaround statement, which is going to be something like, I bet you want to know why that is. Stop talking. And they're going to say, yeah, I do. And then you're going to use a frame of this is because the reason why they do this or the reason why uh, you may not like this is, and then you fill in the blank. So I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. So uh, I work a lot in, in home services and, you know, it's, it's a pretty well-known thing for a lot of salespeople that if, if you walk away from the table and you haven't prepared the buyer, you're not going to close that deal. But if you have some well-placed bear traps, that may not be uh, the case. So like um, I was recently on a ride along and I had taught the salesperson how to use bear traps and they use the answer pretty effectively. So the buyer comes back and says this, I, I promise I'm going to get you to the point. The buyer says, I can't stand pushy salespeople. And so the salesperson comes back and goes, you know, um, I can tell you why that is, but I, I, the way that I have to explain it, I can't sugarcoat it. And the lady leaned in and she was like, tell me more. And, and he says, look, the reason why I don't work for those companies is they have management bearing down on them to close that deal right now. And then he flipped it on me. He's like, in fact, you should call them. I'm sure that you would love to be able to sit down with them for three hours and then you'd have to go back and forth with them only for the manager to have to call and close the deal. And she's like, I don't want to go through that. And he says, okay, well, you know, you have alternatives. And so she comes back with like, like what? 
And he's like, well, I mean, we could take care of it right now. She's like, I really don't want to sit through three hours of a pushy salesperson. Let's get it done. And what you're doing is you are having the conversation with somebody that they really want to have in a real way. So once again, this is a jab, not a punch until you get to the end, because like, I'm going to give you this example again, the, the homeowner that the guy that I was working with that I trained was meeting with, she says, I can't stand pushy salespeople. And he comes back and he's like, I bet you want to know why that is. Cause like she had to have buy-in. She's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, well, first off, that's why I don't work for that type of company. They have management bearing down on them to close the sale right now. Buy now, buy now, buy now. In fact, you should call them. They'd love to sit down with you for three hours and go back and forth with the manager to close the deal. I'm sure they can eat up an entire afternoon. Okay. So your job is to look in sales, you overcome objections, right? But I also look at it as a way that in sales, it's your job to also create objections for the competition. <laughs> it's funny because when, when I was out in the field, people would ask me, well, what do you think about this company? And my standard answer was I never heard of them. No matter how big they were, no matter how long they'd been around, no matter what was going on, my, my standard answer was I've never heard of them. Or like that that name sounds vaguely vaguely familiar. And the people would go, well, they're a huge company. I'd be like, mm, can't really be that big if I haven't heard of them. I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, there's definitely things that you can do to help intensify your sales process. And bear traps are one of those things that when you calibrate them and you get them right, and you interact the right way and you create curiosity and you give jabs. And then when you, when you drop the hammer, then you give a punch to, to get the attention. They really do help. You know, most, most salespeople don't ever think in terms of, okay, well, I've got a good product and a service, but now I got to make it harder for the next guy to come in and sell. Like, this is why I have this, this phrase, you can't outwork me. You can only underbid me. That's, that's all you got. And that's the only tool in your toolbox. I'm not too worried about it. So your job is to figure out how you can create a bear trap. So let's go, let's go through the scenarios. Okay. You're going to do this after you have rapport, after the no like and, and trust stage. And you're going to, you're going to use the common complaints. There's probably five to seven common complaints that you have in your industry. Like every industry has these five to seven complaints about salespeople or about your, your, uh, the way that the company operates. And then you're going to you're going to take that question and magnify it by getting the person engaged okay so there's a lot of different ways that you can use sentences and stop talking to create curiosity frames i bet you want to know why that is uh i can share with you why but i can't sugarcoat it from here you know you'd be surprised at how often companies hire for that reason those are like three really strong ones that i've targeted that work very well and then you're going to take that weakness and you're going to multiply it by saying this is because the reason why or the reason why they do this or the reason you may not like it is. And then you take it and you flip it on on the person so it makes it very difficult for them. And this is a frame. This is this is 100% frame. So if you've read Pitch Anything, Oren Kloff uses uh, frame control as a, as a phrase. It's a common word used in psychology for a long time, well before Oren Cloth, but like if you've read never uh, pitch anything, that's the way that he explains it. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to challenge you this week, sit down and create some bear traps. And the first time that you do it may come out clunky. 
So you do want to have some good rapport and you want to be patient and you're going to, you're going to find that it flips buyers. It gets their attention. It grabs them and makes them go, Hey, that was, that was a pretty cool thing. I really, you know, thanks for sharing the insight for me. Now, one last caveat. Okay. One last caveat. Uh, you don't go crazy talking trash on people because it causes them, it causes your buyer to want to find out if that's true or not. Okay. You, you want to give the reason why to a complaint or a problem, not necessarily the company or the salesperson. And there, there's a distinction here. You'd be like, Scott, what, what are you talking about? Like, I wouldn't go into a, a place and go, you know, I can't stand XYZ company. You know, I don't like Bob, that sales guy. That's not what you're doing. You're, you're, you're throwing a jab so you can land a punch. Buyer complaint. I don't like pushy salespeople. You. I bet you want to know why a lot of companies do that. Buyer. Yes. You know, here's the thing. I can't stand that type of thing. There's a lot of companies that hire managers that push salespeople to bring in sales every day. And then you just fill in the blank about what you feel. Now, this is personality-based. You, you don't have to use my example word for word. You can take it and modify it. Everybody does sales a little bit differently. Everybody plays a, a musical instrument just a little bit differently. Sales is no different, okay? So you can say, hey, Scott, I don't like your example. Okay, good. That's fine. Don't use my example. Come up with one on your own. Scott, I don't, I don't want to say, say it this way. Look, I'm just giving you the framework. Modify it accordingly. Make it happen for you. But just know that when you use bear traps timed effectively and you put them into your presentation, buyers will love it. I mean, you would be surprised at how many times saying something like the lines of, you know, you, you should call them and find out for yourself if that's what they're going to do. And people will come back and tell you, no, I'm not going to do that because you're pushing the buttons in their brain like they're a little kid. So once again, work on this, figure out a way you can make it happen. MIH, make it happen and, and build that bear trap, build the bear trap. And I, I know that like in the beginning, this may sound like, I don't know if this will work, you know, for the salespeople that I've trained it on and they've deployed it and they've worked on it. It's very effective for the people who use it like once or twice and then never pull it out of their repertoire again. Um, it doesn't work so good. Okay. So there you go. Bear traps and sales, snap traps and sales. I, I love using these things. Uh, the people that come behind me don't like them very much because now they have to fight an uphill battle against what frame that they're in. This is the ultimate in frame control against a person and a fight that they got to be in. So there you go. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.